Hello and welcome. My name is Amelia, otherwise known as DJ EJ, and this is Club Crime, a true crime broadcast recording, recording live here at KTCU. How is everyone? You know, we don't have this, you know, two week break from Chili Week. We're here an actual week later. Um, Last week we had my friend Brandon on and we talked about the Donner Party. If you haven't listened to that episode, you can go listen to it right now on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, But yeah, super great week last week. Um, I got so much positive response from everyone. Thank you to everyone who's been following on Instagram and Twitter. Um, If you want to know our Instagram and Twitter, it's at Club Crime Official for both. But Twitter is at Club Crime Official because Twitter will not let me spell the entire word of official, which makes me a little upset. But as you know, it's Club Crime and we always have a new guest each week. So I would like to introduce you to my guest, Stella. Stella, would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely, I would. Um, My name is Stella. I'm from L.A. and I'm also a theater major here at TCU. Nice. And tell us, like, what's your interest in true crime? And I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, I will say. That's pretty much my entire podcast album library is all true crime. Um, And I grew up, you know, reading Nancy Drew Mm. and all that kind of mystery and murder she wrote, all that kind of stuff. So immediately I was like yes club crime is something I'd be interested in yeah well thank you so much for joining me um you know here's your duties I always tell our new guests their weekly duties so I'm going to tell you a true crime story and it is your job to react ask questions add in your own personal anecdotes and just add to the story in any way you want so you can stop me at any time you can you know say like ask a question just Mm -hmm. you know interject pause me whenever like I won't care So I need you to swear to our listeners that I did not tell you what story I am going to tell you today. You did not share anything, despite, you know, I nitpicked a little bit. I tried to get you to tell me, but, you know, (laughs) it... You were true to your word, and I'm on the edge of my seat. I can't wait for this week's episode. Do you have any guesses? Do you have any... I... I don't, because, I mean, you know... It could be anything. It could be anything. Really? So I have no idea, and I heart's going heart's beating a little fast here (laughs) (laughs) all right well tonight i'm gonna tell you um about the murder of Kristen smart um sources for tonight's story are cbs news the los angeles times ksby news vanity fair the in your own backyard podcast kristensmart.org wikipedia and me sort of (laughs) i'm kind of a source for tonight um so some background Kristen Denise Smart was born on February 20th, 1997 in Osberg, Germany, to military, to military personnel parents Stan and Denise Smart. So she's an Aquarius. She is an Aquarius. Okay, word. Um, Aquarius is. So, yeah, so her parents are from the U.S. originally. They mm-hmm. moved to Osberg because of their military jobs. Um, but Smart was the eldest of the family's three children. Ah, uh, oldest it is, daughter privileges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it is very well known that Smart had a very large devotion to her family. She was always the one to end sibling arguments and be like the role model to her younger brother and sister. She really was living into her oldest daughter privileges. It's true. And she was the only child to be born in Germany. Her other siblings were born back in the U.S. So she was the only one that got that little like, you know. The extra little boost. The extra little boost. (laughs) Yeah, she got the dual citizenship and her siblings like didn't. 
that's so. something else I feel like she'd hold over their heads in argument. Which well, it, I'm German. It says she's like <laughs> her parents describe her as being like such a like nice girl, but at the same time, it's like, mm, are you just playing that up for like mm-hmm. the press? Like, what mm-hmm. arguments are really going on Let's behind be the scenes? <laughs> So, while she was still very young, the Smart family moved to Stockton, California. It was in California that Smart found her love for adventure. Um, Kristen always spent her summers doing something new, whether that was traveling to London with friends or studying abroad in Venezuela. So, she was a very, like, adventurous person. Ooh, she did all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, she went to Venezuela because, like, she wanted to be fluent in Spanish. And so, she decided, like, I'm going to go study abroad in Venezuela That's one summer. so fun. And then, oh, like, one goodness. summer, she was, like, her friends, like, went to London. So, she was, like, I'll go to London, too. I'll come with. Just invited herself along. That really I wish I could be, like, an oldest daughter thing to do. And I always wish I could be, like, that spontaneous. But I'm always kind of to be like mom dad like can, can i go, go? <laughs> exactly yeah. so um in 1995 smart graduated from lincoln high school in stockton leading up to this point Kristen had been somewhat undecided about what she wanted to do where she wanted to go to school which i feel like a lot of high schoolers are you know with, like, with the adventure it's giving free spirit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like she I just see. she didn't want to be stuck in one place yep Um, The summer after she graduated, though, which was also her final summer before her disappearance, Kristen began working at what she described as her dream job. She began working at Camp Mokulea in Hawaii as a lifeguard and camp counselor. And I looked up this camp and it is the most like gorgeous, like right on the beach. The kids get to go like zip lining and like every day you're out in the water and I'm like I would love that job too yeah to do that like it's like getting paid to go on vacation Mm -hmm. and that's me too is like I'm a surf instructor in the summer so like I totally get it I'm like you know like I get the like you want to be by the ocean Mm -hmm. and you want to just but in Hawaii I'm like oh that's like so picturesque I'm like perfect kind of jealous but okay (laughs) (laughs) so Kristen's biggest passions in life were music the ocean going on new adventures and obviously like pursuing her goals and dreams and her parents would like describe her as she would set these goals that seemed like almost unachievable and then somehow just like achieve them like oh, she, would so work she was one of those people where everything just kind of worked, worked out for her. It kind of worked out for her, but she worked for it. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. like she was just like, you know, I'm going to wish upon a star and everything's going to come true. Like, she was working <laughs> for her goals. Okay. But, like, she, like, they knew, like, her goals seemed unattainable, but she would work so hard that, like, she would just get Okay, them. okay. So she was really feeling that, like, okay, I've got to mm-hmm. prove myself and got, okay. Yeah. Okay. So now we go leading up to the disappearance. Oh, okay. So in nineteen, yeah. (laughs) So in nineteen ninety six, at nineteen years old, Kristen Smart enrolls at the California Polytechnic State University in San Luis Obispo. Oh my gosh! Which is my hometown. I have so many friends that go there. That's so crazy. I'm gonna have to bug them and see if they know. So like California's like biggest like ag school. Yeah. But yeah, grew up two minutes away. Wow. My dad went to college there, so. So this is a little bit of a like this it's not a personal story but it's a personal story. Here. Okay. Um, and this has been a theme for the past couple episodes. Mm-hmm. I've always like added a little like personal anecdote. <laughs> like all of my stories have kind of like connected back to like people I know and Ooh. me. So this is my little personal like connection to this story. So the school is also better known as Cal Poly. So I'll be referring to the school as Cal Poly. And then uh, for San Luis Obispo, you know. I hate to be the stupid person like the locals don't call it San Luis Obispo but as <laughs> a local like trail. we do just call it like San Luis or slow like as mm-hmm. an abbreviation so I will be referring to that um, the town as that as such so as described by her friends and family Kristen Smart was a 
beautiful gorgeous girl she stood at six foot one so just very tall um she had this long blonde hair she was tan and it was just like an all-around like attractive california girl i was gonna say she's giving california girl Mm -hmm. but she's just like gorgeous you know Mm -hmm. kind of and nice mm -hmm. she's like the best version of a california Mm -hmm. girl she's yeah a very sweet person um, and at Cal Poly, she was like rather popular mm-hmm. um, and very well known by many people because Cal Poly itself, there is a large student body, but this campus itself is kind of like TCU where it's kind of like, it is a huge campus, but the main campus part is like reserved to like mainly a couple blocks. So like if you're in like a certain like group of dorms or if you're in like a certain amount of classes, like in this area, like you're going to know like a lot of people. You kind of end up seeing the same people mm-hmm. everywhere and you know, you start to wave and okay, yeah. And okay. obviously she's so attractive that everyone's but like, of course, everyone, everyone wants, wants to know her. her. Yeah. Yes. Um, on May 24th of 1996, which was the Friday before Memorial Day weekend, Kristen and three friends left their dorms on Polly Hill, which it's like this group of like brick dorms where it like branches off this main road and it's like this super steep hill. And it's like, I don't, I couldn't even relate it to like TCU's dorms because Mm -hmm. we have like fairly like newer dorms, but like. TC like these dorms are like very old like red brick like concrete oh, you know okay okay so hmm. yeah so like kind of old older dorms whatever mm-hmm. um but they're on this hill and they basically left to go to like parties that's th- their whole goal for that you night, know that's to find what parties. happens during the weekend but they weren't invited anywhere they didn't really oh, know where to go they were just gonna show up yeah okay so they did end up getting a ride um in a truck i don't remember who exactly was driving the truck but it was like it seemed to be like somebody some, i mean some like a friend of a friend a friend of a friend of a friend, friend, of a friend yeah. um who drove them around in search of a party and they got a ride to an unofficial frat house off of campus, and Kristen was dropped off at the location alone because her three friends did not want to attend the birthday party happening inside. So already the big no. I was going to say, that is the worst party foul that you mm-hmm. can make. You just go in, like, alone. Oh, my. No. And also, no, no. Like, she didn't know who the birthday party was for. That she was just kind of showing up. She didn't have a phone to, like, text mm-hmm. somebody. She can't call herself an Uber. Yeah. She's stuck. Oh, no. So it's like the biggest no-no already. So around 2 a.m., the party's dwindling. Um, People are kind of getting kicked out, being sent home. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, like 2 a.m., and now it's the morning of May 25th, 1996. And Kristen is found by peers Tim Davis and Cheryl Anderson, and she's found passed out um, outside of the frat house on the neighboring lawn, seemingly, like, very heavily intoxicated. Mm, Another party fell. You Um, never want to be found in the bushes. And she was described at the party as, like, she slowly, like, got more and more intoxicated. Mm -hmm. And then she was talking to people that, like, you know, she didn't know. Because she didn't really know anyone at this party. She was, like, going up to random people and, like, Mm. pulling people into the bathroom with her. And just kind of being, like, that That drunk girl. Being that girl. Which was really unfortunate. And she's there alone. So, like. So there's no one to even save her. There's no one to save her. She's drunk. Like, it's already, like, the big, like, college party. We're just kind of checking boxes of the Mm -hmm. things that you don't do. Oh, no. So, of course, she appeared to be heavily intoxicated. And it was clear to Anderson and Davis that she was not going to be able to make it home Mm -hmm. by herself. So just as Davis and Anderson had picked her up and had begun walking her home, they were approached by another student and person who was at the party, a 19-year-old named Paul Flores from a town nearby called Arroyo Grande. Okay. And Arroyo Grande is like 
15 minutes south of San Luis, okay. like kind of closest to the beach. Like San Luis itself is like, you it's know, like, it's pretty, it's, like, it's really close. It's really close. It's like 10 minutes from the beach. So if you like keep driving south, like mm-hmm. I say like 15, 20 minutes, you'll get to like, it's kind of like that same situation where it's not like right on the beach, but it's, but it's just close, close enough it's, that like, yeah, you can't walk, but you get in a car and it's mm-hmm. not, a, it's not a yeah. drive. Okay. Okay. So they all three of them began walking they're Mm -hmm. all walking her back to the dorm and davis and anderson both eventually depart with davis leaving to drive back to or walk back to his car because he lives off campus so he's gonna drive himself home so he leaves the um kristen with anderson and flores and anderson is at first reluctant to leave the group because flores is telling her i'm good i can take her home but she's eventually convinced because flores tells her that they both live on poly hill and his dorm is closer so he will get her home safe. how did he know that she lived in poly hill well, I have a feeling if they knew they if they were okay. all walking her home, I have a feeling then like she was probably she probably out. like it was probably mm. like I live in this hall, right? Like, take like, me take home, take me home, and like yeah. she's leaning on everybody. So okay. he had, it, but it's also not known of like maybe he did know before. Right. So, but um, but yeah, so he says I'll walk her to her dorm. In his statement to the police, Flores stated that he had walked smart as far as his dorm, which was Santa Lucia Hall, then let her walk the rest of the way back to her own dorm, Muir Hall, on her own. Absolutely not. And this was the last known sighting of Kristen Smart. No. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. So That's it's like already so the biggest no Have someone walk you home that you don't know, like on your mm-hmm. own, who's a man, who's like very a creepy. Man, and the other girl was reluctant to leave her alone with him. Which she should have been like, no, like we're, right? we're like, all going to walk have her to back. Stick to the girls have to stick oh, together. And I'm also no. pissed off of the three friends. That left her in the first place. That left her in the first place. Absolutely not. And I know like one of the friends did talk about saying like regretting that night so badly mm-hmm. because I know one of the friends left only because she had to go to the bathroom and they couldn't find anywhere to pee. And like Smart hmm. kept wanting to find another party but she was like no i'm leaving and like left smart and it was like at that point like just go pee in the bushes yeah like as nasty as it is you'll and find somewhere i know I mean, and san luis obispo has a lot of trees has a lot of bushes the yeah Cal Poly area, and it's the 90s there's no nest the cameras or and, and i know doorbells. for a fact like around that cal poly area you could have found a bush to go pee yeah oh um, it no. wasn't that big of a deal So I'm going to go into the background of this Paul Flores. Okay. So Paul Ruben Flores is the son of Ruben and Susan Flores. Both parents. Ruben's a family name. Yes. And they were both eventually divorced when Paul was young. And he's actually only four months older than Smart. Oh. So not that much older. Not this, like, mm-hmm. creepy older guy. Not like, a creepy old guy. Like, okay. same age, going to the same school, same grade. Same dorm area. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's making a little bit more sense why it was easier yeah. to leave them mm-hmm. alone with, to leave her alone with him. Okay. Yeah. Still. So mm-hmm. Flores is a local to the San Luis Obispo County area. but mm-hmm. he And so he grew up in Arroyo Grande and graduated from Arroyo Grande High School, mm-hmm. which is the same high school that Zac Efron graduated from. Oh, I love the High School Musical mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and Cal Poly, do you know who Weird Al is? Yes! Weird Al went to Cal Poly, and he yeah. worked at the radio station. That is a beautiful segue. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's, you know, just to kind of break up the little, like, mm-hmm. creepiness and... Break it up a little bit. Throw some lighthearted. So, as kind of expected, Flores is very much an outcast and known for mm. his weird and often sometimes perverted behavior. 
Oh. Um, in one instance, it is said that Flores attended a party in high school where he laid underneath a glass coffee table in order to look up the skirts of the girls dancing on top. Oh, no. And it's even said that, like, he asked girls to, like, take off their panties and go stand on top for him. And, of course, they were, like, absolutely of course, not. Yeah. Who's going to say yes to but that? But he was, oh, like, ew. that was the kind of stuff he would ask for. And I think, no, like, no, no, he no. had, like, these weird, like, fetishes that he would ask girls to, like, take part in in high school, too. Like, in high school, mm-hmm. nonetheless. It's. Mm, it's and when he got there's yeah. things buried in the yard you know mm-hmm. that's what it's it's kind of funny you say that it's like a little bit oh no <laughs> so while at cal poly flores is given the nickname chester the molester because he had a reputation reputation of groping girls oh no he was that guy he was that guy oh. which i'm like fortunate enough that like i can't name a guy like that at tcu but like no. I'm sure there's guys. I'm sure they're there, but I can't think of TCU like, a is one of those campuses where I feel like one. so safe on. Yeah, I have not felt on personally. I have not. Well, that was my thing. Campus. Is I remember like tour. I'm not going to say the colleges by name, obviously, because mm-hmm. I don't want to get like sued or anything. <laughs> but there were like some instances where, like colleges, I would tour. I would tell my mom, I'm like, I feel like a Kristen Smart case could happen on this <gasps> campus, Ooh. and that would be like one of my factors and like why I didn't yeah. want to go to certain schools is because I felt like. The people around, like, were just kind of giving you the heebie Were giving me the heebie-jeebies. Mm-hmm. They gave me that vibe. And that was a big thing growing up is, like, m- like my mom, like, Memorial Weekend is, like, the anniversary of, like, mm-hmm. her death almost. Mm-hmm. And so that would be the thing is, like, I would try and ask growing up, like, can I go out on Memorial Day weekend? My mom would tell me no. Because Or at of, least only during mm-hmm. the day because, like, yeah, it was this big thing of, like, I don't want the Kristen Smart case to happen to my kid. Oh, goodness. So that was, like, a big thing growing up in slow yeah. is, like, everyone talked about Kristen Smart as, like, this warning of, like, be safe, you know, mm-hmm. don't go out. Don't leave your like, friends. Like, don't leave your friends. Hint, yeah. Hint. Which, like, I obviously keep with me today. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I think most, like, girls yeah, especially girls, take I will with say, them. like, even, even being out in public, like, mm-hmm. if there's somebody, hey, you know, where yeah. are your friends? Exactly. Who are you here with? Let's try to find them. Mm-hmm. Or like, hey, come join us. Mm-hmm. Like, join our huge group of people. Exactly. We'll, we'll count. I'll count all of my ducklings and make sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have everybody before exactly. we go to the next place. So, now we start getting to the actual investigation, which mm-hmm. unfortunately was terribly like mishandled originally. Because of course it was, because it was the '90s and yeah. a missing persons mm-hmm. case and a college girl on. And campus, also, this was only and... like a couple months before like the John Benet Ramsey case uh, happened. Okay. So this was like a big year for like crime. Yeah. But this was like the first case like of that year that was like so huge and became such a big mm-hmm. like media presence. So. Mm-hmm. Suspicions around Kristen's disappearance begin um, after she just, like, never returns to her dorm. Right. Um, And this immediately raises suspicions of those close to her because this behavior was unlike her. She was, like, not the kind of person to just go somewhere without telling anyone. I have a follow-up question. Mm -hmm. So, Paul said, like, Paul's original statement was Mm -hmm. he was like, okay, I walked as far as my dorm Mm -hmm. and she went into her, Mm -hmm. she went on her merry way. Was there any sort of like was anybody else able to like testify like yeah we saw him come in or like so as far as i know the only like testification is that cheryl anderson leaves Mm -hmm. and she leaves them like near Polly hill and Mm -hmm. that's the last time like she sees Kristen. okay and i don't like obviously no one saw 
Kristen go in and I don't think anyone else like I think it was so late at night that like everyone then in everyone his dorm was, was asleep gone so I don't think anyone actually saw him like enter okay no so one we saw just her enter take his word for we have to just take his mm. word for it Okay. Um, so like I said, her behavior, like her, like just leaving without telling anyone was completely unlike her. And she had also left her wallet and like close personal belongings oh. in the dorm. So like, oh, no. it wasn't things like, like if she had it, like the wallet wasn't there or something like that, then maybe like, yeah, she went somewhere. Mm-hmm. But because all of that was there, it was like, okay, like sh- sh- this was stuff like if she's going yeah. somewhere, this is stuff she's going to take with her. Right. You got to take like your id your card mm-hmm. your you know money money like, like yeah thing yeah. Mm-hmm. a coin for the payphone because it's the 90s <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and the university police were initially called by some of Kristen's friends such as margarita campos who was one of the friends who left her at the frat oh, party no. so she now she feels guilty now she She's feels like, guilty i gotta call the cops so she calls the university police um and reports Kristen is missing mm-hmm. um and two days after Kristen disappears, Denise Smart, who is Kristen's mom, gets a call from the Cal Poly police asking if they knew, if the Smart family knew where Kristen was because no one had seen her in two days. So they oh. didn't call the family until two days after she was like initially reported missing. And they just kept, kept brushing it off because here's what they said. Mm-hmm. So everyone at this point was like pleading, like, please do something, please do something. And the local law enforcement is very slow to actually like report this or file this because what they start theorizing is it's Memorial Day weekend. She probably went on some unannounced vacation and it's just like, you know, she, she didn't tell anyone. Not at two o'clock in the morning, she wouldn't. Not at two o'clock in the morning, like not that early in the morning. If no. she was that intoxicated, she would have been very hungover in the morning. Yeah. Um, mm. And then well, it was also like... Them. Her mom was also suspicious because they had this, like, habit, I think, of, like, maybe every Saturday or Sunday, like, calling each other mm-hmm. to, like, check in, like, how was your week? What did you do? Like, just, like, a weekly, like, check-in because... I have that with my mom. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it was, like, the mom obviously knew, like, and Kristen was not known for missing that call. Right. So it was just, like, what's going on? And Kristen isn't filed as missing until four days after she disappears. Oh no! So we're already a little late. We're into, already like trying missed, to find her. We've missed the first forty-eight. Mm-hmm. Oh. So although Paul Flores became the key suspect in the disappearance, investigators were initially harsh with their judgments against Kristen instead of Paul. Huh. Um, in an incident report filed by the Cal Poly Police, um, it says, "Quote: Smart does not have any close friends in Cal Poly. Smart appeared to be under the influence of alcohol on Friday night." Smart was talking and talking with and socializing with several different males at the party. So trying to chalk they're it up to like blaming her. Mm-hmm, they're oh, trying to blame no. her of like it was your fault that like you were intoxicated and like flirting with men at the party. Like that's oh my which, lord. At this point, it's like she's missing. Don't like victim blame. Yeah, missing. wait until you I mean, don't, find her yeah, again. To don't start victim blame her. anyone. But like the fact that she's completely missing with no yeah. explanation. Like no, that's so terrible. Um, and after her disappearance, police um, waited six days before they formally interviewed Flores. Um, two days after Smart disappeared, however, Flores was sent to the Arroyo Grande Police Department due to an outstanding DUI warrant. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. When he gets to the police station, he arrives with a black eye. 
And when asked by investigators, he gave three different stories as to oh, how he got it. no. And it's now speculated that a lot of people think that Kristen gave it to him in yeah, self-defense. because she fought back. I mean, even if she was drunk off her rocker, she'd mm-hmm. still fight back. She would back. still fight back. As, I mean, she's, what, see, we said 6'1". She's mm-hmm. fit. She works as a camp instructor. Yeah, she's not she's, a small girl. She's, not she's a small very person. big. She would have totally fought back so but he like couldn't keep his story straight into like how he got it i think like one of his stories was like he got into like a fight at a party and like another one was like he like fell down the stairs it was Mm. just like it wasn't adding up so then let me just needle this for a second Mm -hmm. do davis and anderson did they remember seeing him with a black eye on that night no he didn't have a black eye that night so mm. the, that's what I'm saying. The black eye looks fresh. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like it's only a couple days old. Like Ooh. maybe it's two days old. Maybe two days old. Mm-hmm. But we like that. It's never actually confirmed that. But that's, the, like, it's, but that's it's the speculated. That's yes, the that's okay. the theory. I mean, that makes sense. So now at this point, several searches begin finally mm-hmm. for Kristen. Um, people are looking at the hills behind Cal Poly, which aren't like small hills. Like these are like big, like rolling like wow. hills that like drop into a valley on the other side and they're pretty steep like you can go like hiking behind them whatever mm-hmm. um there's known there's like on some of the mountains like in the area all of them have like different letters on them so like there's Ooh. one that's like madonna mountain has an m on it bishop's okay. peak has a b on it and then poly canyon that carry has a p on it mm-hmm. so they're all like going up to like where the p is mm-hmm. all in this area like the best way i could describe it because, like, Texas doesn't really have any hills yeah, it's or anything. Yeah, flat here, to be honest. They're not, like, I don't want to say, like, mountains. Like, they're not, mm-hmm. like, these huge, it's not like but the Sierra Nevada. I mean, it's But steep. they're, they're like steep, like, you can go yeah. hiking back there. Um, I know some of them lead into, like, you know, farms and, okay, like, pastures so and stuff. I've, so I've, I mean, I you've painted a beautiful picture. Like, I mm-hmm. can picture exactly like, yeah wow. like very like very grassy so it's, hills it's like it's i would guess like griffith park ish where it's like big mm, and yeah i would say like the of. hills would maybe be like it's not like looking exactly like the hollywood sign hill mm. but if you think of like maybe like that sort of like that, steep style yeah, hill with that, like, kind of you anybody and any everybody can get lost back there mm-hmm. and especially if there's no i mean again this is the 90s there's no phones no gps exactly like, and it's already been six days at this point. Like, yeah. There and there is like area that's like pretty forested. There's a creek back there. Oh, like you know, it it can get like pretty like wild mm-hmm. back there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're searching on horseback. They're using ground penetrating radar to see mm-hmm. if any of like the dirt has been moved yeah. and anything. So they're looking for like anything possible. And of course, they bring in cadaver dogs because mm-hmm. at the time, that's going to be the easiest way for like them to smell, to like, find her, to find like, because yeah. they don't know yet, like if she's dead, if she's alive, has she been kidnapped? I like, mean, but at this point, it's been six days. It's been six days, so that's why they bring in the cadaver dogs. Yeah. They're assuming at this point, like she's probably dead, so we're going to look for like traces of like disease, deceased remains. So the cadaver dogs are brought in. Um, and they were originally brought into Flores's dorm room, and four different cadaver dogs alerted to the scent of human <gasps> remains in his room. No. Mm-hmm. In his dorm in room? In his dorm room. Oh, that's so icky. Which could possibly be like he killed her there and then took and her then body took elsewhere. And then took her elsewhere. I mean, nobody... It, wow. Mm-hmm. In his, four different dogs. Four different dogs. So it wasn't like one dog went in and then and like then... it could have been a fluke. Like four mm-hmm. different dogs were brought in. Oh, 
Um, and then searches were also conducted at both of the Flores family's homes, so the mom mm-hmm. and dad, because they divorced. Right. Um, okay. And they were conducted in their house and in their backyard, but no actual evidence was found. Mm-hmm. So in June of 1996, okay. Flores is once again brought in for questioning. And this time, as investigators are questioning him, he curls into the fetal position in his chair, puts his arms like inside of his T-shirt that he's wearing, and then starts invoking his right to the Fifth Amendment, which is like, you won't say anything. Like you, you, uh, your Fifth Amendment is basically you're not going to say anything to like to investigators that will self-incriminate. Yeah. So he's like fully he, just like oh. in his chair too. Like he pearl, like brings his legs up to his chest. He's is like flexible sitting there. then. I know. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was thinking that that's a very uncomfortable position to put yourself in, in like a probably chair. a small okay. little like plastic police chair. Yeah. But, but yeah, he's fully just like, I'm behavior. not going to talk. Very like mm-hmm. guilty behavior. He gets just like, he shuts down his body basically Ooh. like entirely. Um, and then later in October of 1996, a woman named Mary Lassiter is renting a home from Susan Flores. While there, she finds an earring that closely resembles a necklace that Kristen is wearing in one of her misting posters. And it's not just any misting poster. It's like one of her family, like billboards everywhere. Mm -hmm. And some of the billboards I think are still like around. Like I've seen some of them. And in this one, she's wearing this like necklace and it's like bluish kind of like it doesn't look like pearls, but maybe like sea glass. that's kind of like okay. manipulated. So it's like it, but it's identifiable. It's identifiable. It's, yeah. Like it's not like some like just generic it's like distinct. pearl earring. It's mm-hmm. a very distinct kind of earring. So the woman recognizes it because she sees um, obviously she like has seen this billboard thousands mm-hmm. of times. She lives in this area. These billboards at this point are everywhere. So mm-hmm. she recognizes it and she brings it to um, the police officers. However. It, the earring itself was lost before they could mark it as evidence and document oh, it. Oh, that's terrible. Isn't that like, I think it's like, literally, like, like it like seems speechless. so like insignificant of like this like little earring. But at the same time, it's like anything could tell you where she was. It's the only clue that they have. It's the only, like one of the only clues they have. And they just lose it. Well, okay. But it was found at, at his mom's house. At his mom's house. I, it doesn't exactly say, like, where she found it, but mm-hmm. it was just, like... But somewhere. Somewhere she there. was, like, walking around the house. Oh, and she was an like, earring. Oh, picks it up. This? And, like, and picked it up. thinks, like, okay, oh, I know. I like, recognize this. Mm-hmm. And it was mysteriously lost. Mysteriously. Mm, yeah. Suspect. So, in 1997, the Smart family files a wrongful death lawsuit against Paul Flores. And I say wrongful uh, not as in, like, oh, they shouldn't have filed it, but, like legally like it was a wrongful like okay. death lawsuit um so they're considering her dead at this point they are but she's not officially declared dead yet okay. so they're okay. just it's the main theory is like is that she couldn't have survived. she's not yeah. yeah so flores has kept silent throughout in his entire deposition invoking his right to the fifth amendment 27 times and the only thing that he would confirm on tape would be his name Huh. So he would only say, like, yes, my name is Paul Flores. And, and nothing that's else. It. That's it. So, okay, question time. Because mm-hmm. when he originally invoked the fifth, mm-hmm. what were the charges against him? Was it... He's it not being even... charged with anything yet. So what a, like, death lawsuit is, is a family, like, will assume that you are the reason that their child is dead. Okay. And so in that case, it would be, like... um you know, we assume that you have something to do with our daughter's death, and mm-hmm. we are suing you for that. 
Okay, so it may, it's not necessarily, it's not a criminal charge. It's not it's a criminal charge. Okay. So it's like at the end of the day, like if they won, they would just have to pay like, he would just it have to pay just money. Just like a settlement. Okay. A settlement. So then when he was at the police station mm-hmm. being questioned originally when he went into his mm-hmm. fetal flexibility yeah. nonsense. He's still not being charged with anything at Okay, because that, that, he, he, he hasn't been officially like arrested. They, okay. He's just he a suspect arrested. at this point. Okay, okay. Because they don't have <laughs> enough evidence to prove how she died, right. when she that died, that he had anything to do with it. Like. Evidence at this point is, like, circumstantial, which you can't charge mm-hmm. someone off of just circumstantial evidence alone. They don't have the body, which right. is, that's a huge which thing. You when you that. don't have a body, you know, autopsies are everything. Autopsies will always point to what happened. And because they don't have that, it's, like... It's all theory and yes, speculation. exactly. Okay. So, um... The Lacey Peterson murder happens, which it's a kind of a similar situation. They both went to Cal Poly. Mm-hmm. She was murdered, I think, in like Fullerton, California. Okay. But it was kind of a similar situation of like her murderer was her husband, Scott Peterson. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it started being theorized that Scott Peterson had involvement in it. Oh. And it was kind of like unfounded. It was just like, that's you know, here's another murder that's based mm-hmm. off of like Cal Poly. We're going to connect them based on like rumors. Say, that's kind of a reach. Um, but you know, this lead was dropped because it was mainly just based on like rumors. And so it was kind of like that thing of like, oh, this case is super popular, but here's another case that's super popular. Mm -hmm. Let's put them together. Like, Mm. so yeah. So, and then I'm, I don't know if I will ever talk about the Lacey Peterson murder. Maybe I will Mm -hmm. one day, but like just kind of a brief sort of like interview, like she was pregnant. He was having like extramarital affairs. Like he killed her. So Um, he could go with his mistress yeah i don't remember the whole like Mm -hmm. things but he was like they both went to cal poly Mm. they lived in san luis for a while they had a restaurant called the shack Hmm. um which is also like right down the street from my house um it's still there the shack is not still there um the building itself is still there it's a new restaurant i don't remember what restaurant specifically it is but like it's something it's one of those like buildings you know where like one building like always stays the same thing but just but like new different like come new things it. come in yeah, so it was yeah, like yeah. it was the shack for those. a while i think it might be a five guys now if i'm being <laughs> totally honest so yeah it's just one of those places so mm. so it was just like they're both from slow like he was a murderer we might as well like throw Connect him in as a lead him. and yeah. they did actually like interview him i think he was brought in for like questioning but it was just like he just was, to kind of cover their bases mm-hmm, to cover their bases but he like I don't even think he was in San Luis at the time yeah. or anything, so... Especially since he would have been out of college by then. Yeah. It's not as... So possible. that was all dropped, yeah, so yeah, yeah. obviously. But that was just kind of, like, an interesting thing to throw in of, like, mm. two cases that were, like, kind of similar and yeah. similar in location. Mm. Um, but despite the police's best efforts, um, the case begins to run cold, unfortunately. And on May 25th, 2002, the six-year anniversary of um, her you know disappearance Mm -hmm. Kristen smart is declared legally dead in absentia oh and and absentia i think that's i'm saying it right Mm -hmm. um just means like they don't have the body so they're like legally declaring her dead because they don't know where she is um and but despite this however um and like good for them the smart family keeps rallying for Mm -hmm. justice um Mm -hmm. and they start seeking donations because they're running out of money to like keep these billboards up and the billboards do stay up like everyone Mm -hmm. like gives the donations so they can stay up because obviously this is like right i mean i always think it's really funny because oprah came to san Luis one time (laughs) and she called us like the happiest town in the world oh and i like i always think about that and it's like 
I feel like that's the reason why like this case shook the town is because, because like she's stuff like that doesn't happen. We do get like murders occasionally and yeah. we do get like, you know, there's, I mean, like there all towns, there's crime, crime I mean, in all There's towns. always going to be crime. But. Like, I don't want to say we're like a crime free town. We're not. Like, we I'm are. not saying that. But something this big where like a girl disappears. attention, I'm sure. Like, like, that would have been. I think I read somewhere the other day, like, a dead body was found, like, near Cal Poly. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, I think last year, two years ago, like, a dead body was found on the campus. Like, mm-hmm. so, like, it's not like. It's not. It's unusual, not too. It's not unusual, but, but like something this big, where just you don't know where the just, body is. Yeah. that's when it starts getting like that's m- when like huge attention. So that's, that's when, when we. I think when the like and all that. because I think San Luis is like fifty thousand people. Mm-hmm. So we're not like a teeny little town, but we're big yeah. enough and like we're big enough that we have some substance, but we're also small enough that like we're a community and we will rally mm-hmm. around each other and like that's like a good size to be though mm-hmm. i think i feel like that's kind of how fort worth is honestly yeah. where it's like i mean of course it's growing exponentially yeah but fort worth is huge obviously but like i think the tcu area is like a very community based like yeah i definitely agree so now the case so i'm now i'm going to start talking about like how the case returned to the media Ooh, and so the actual back. resolution of the case. <gasps> so we will get a nice oh, i love a happy ending um, except happy ish because this is yeah i'm gonna say happy ish <laughs> ending because it's not like a true resolution but mm-hmm. we get like some sort of closure like, closure or something. okay so the case is never actually solved nor is it ever actually closed mm-hmm. so it wasn't like when she was declared dead like case closed like throw this away no like local law enforcement was still actively investigating this it mm-hmm. just became not as big as a priority because the case was running cold we weren't finding as many like as leads. much evidence leads yeah. that sort of stuff it so was just kind of bumped down the list mm-hmm. of things yeah so her case is just like it still kind of looms over the area so Mm. that's what i was saying like growing up it was just always talked about yeah but it wasn't like it wasn't until recently that it was like really really talked about Mm. like i was saying it was one of those things where it'd be like my mom like i would be like trying to go somewhere and my mom would like warn me of like this happened to Kristen smart like don't let it happen to Mm. you be smart like text me where you're going like be smart unlike Kristen smart (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh (laughs) it's so terrible but yeah just like that was the thing it was like I don't even know how to I'm sure there's like another like big national story Mm -hmm. that like parents tell their kids of like don't be like this person but that was like what it was in San Luis of like don't be like Kristen Smart don't Mm -hmm. you know don't go to a party alone don't like get super drunk and then like have some random guy take you home like I mean all that I can think of from like my childhood is because I mean I started reading like all of these mysteries so Mm -hmm. like young that it was always like uh oh Remember, remember what you read in your Nancy Drew Or like book. horror movies when you like mm-hmm. see the people like don't go in that room. Like it's just like, it it's feels like, like common sense, but at the time you think about it and like there are times where you just don't think about it. Yeah, and, and so, you just kind of have to. Well, it's that one commercial for somebody where they're let's get into the running car. No, no, let's, let's go, go hide the garage with the chainsaws. <laughs> yeah, my dad like, talks about that one all mm-hmm. the time, and I think it's true. Like. It does, like, you know, sometimes you, like, are, like, common sense. Like, why didn't you use it? But at the mm-hmm. time, like, there well, are... Fear s- makes that kind of run out the window. Fear, like, she's drunk. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, Obviously, like, her inhibitions are lowered, mm-hmm. and, I mean... So, I don't want to, like... And also, like, victim blaming. Like, we're mm-hmm. not saying this is Kristen Smart's fault. Oh, absolutely not. But, like, there are circumstances where, like, things will happen, and you have no control. Mm-hmm. And, unfortunately, like, she was kind of put in that scenario. Yeah. Like... And she honestly probably should have just gone home when no one wanted to go to the frat party with her. 
but at the same but time, then, like, but I mean, here she is, a college student on a college student who is known for being like, like I said, she's a very nice person, but she's also like stubborn. Like, like we were saying, like she has a goal, mm-hmm. she's gonna work for that goal. She's not yeah. like giving up on that goal. So it's just kind of like. Mm-hmm. But Ugh. in 2011, mm-hmm. San Luis Obispo County swore in a new sheriff named Ian Parkinson. Parkinson made a vow to the Smart family that Kristen's case would be a top priority under oh. his department. Wow. That's so, like, already good news of, mm-hmm. like, this case is being brought back to, like, the police's attention. Yeah. Um, that's, and, uh, that's a really risky move by him, though, because, like, mm-hmm. that's kind of... I would liken it to, you know, promising the family of something like we're going to find mm-hmm. whoever did this. Like, well, and it wasn't well, may not. It wasn't that like he promised that they would find her. It was mm-hmm. just that this case would, would be, be solved. a priority. And yeah. luckily, since being sworn in, the San Luis Obispo County Police Department has executed 23 search warrants, Ooh. 96 different interviews and has collected over or I think 258 pieces of evidence. In the Kristen Smart case? In the Kristen Smart case, <gasps> for this case, since he's been sworn in. Wow. He's gotten more done in the past. Like, like, he got a lot more done than, like, most other people. Yeah. Did. Wow. And so the FBI um, also had Kristen's file labeled as a high-priority missing persons investigation. Mm-hmm. And they had a reward available of $75,000 for Ooh. anyone who could give any information that could lead to solving her case. Okay. So it was like the FBI was, like you know mm-hmm. everybody like, everyone was like now. we're putting this like back in the attention yeah um but despite that like law enforcement was bringing it back to their attention media attention and like local attention was very much dwindling mm. um but in 2019 a man named chris lambert began a 10 episode podcast called in your own backyard which like i'm not like sponsored or anything but if you've never listened to mm-hmm. that like please go listen to that I'll podcast because life. they go into just so much like detail mm-hmm. like more detail than what i've been going into yeah. of like what happened what happened like leading up like he even talks to, like the family the people that Ooh. were like with her that night like mm-hmm. everything so um and it details like the disappearance her subsequent death and the podcast ends up receiving over 12 million downloads wow and it just renews public interest mm-hmm. and i remember like like i remember when the episodes would come out like everyone would like listen and like talk mm-hmm. about it and like my parents and i would talk about it like my friends and i would talk about it my coworkers and i would talk well, about yeah, it because we you like, were in the center of where it all happened and because he was going to information that like most people never knew and mm-hmm. so it was like opening our eyes of like oh my god like mm-hmm. this actually had like you we had like the surface level details but we didn't right. have like these details where the family was coming over her like friends were coming forward like it was wow insane and like yes like if you haven't listened to this podcast like please go listen to it because mm-hmm. it is so incredible but um that like begins again and i think his whole story of like why he did it is he's from california but he's not from san Luis, mm-hmm. and he just like heard the story one day and just couldn't get it out of his mind and yeah. so just on a whim decided he's to like, make you know this what? podcast we're gonna fix this mm-hmm. we're gonna make this and it right, wasn't even to of. fix it it was just to like talk about it and Bring he didn't expect it to get he didn't, it i don't even think he even. expected to get any attention i think he just wow. did it and then it got the attention he was like wow okay like i'm actually helping i'm doing something and so with this renewed interest, now the police are really like, mm-hmm. we have to like dig really deep and hard into this case. 
And so all this interest also brings in new tips and information. Mm -hmm. So people that never came forward before are now coming forward saying, like, I know this about Paul Flores. Mm -hmm. I know this about the case. I know this. And it's also helping. Like, it's leading to really good, like, leads. Um, And Paul Flores, who's been the prime suspect, is, like, Mm -hmm. now, like, once again shot into, like, the attention of, like, Mm -hmm. we know it's Paul Flores, but we don't have the evidence to, like, say. We can't prove it. We Mm -hmm. can't. And he'd also moved to, like, L.A., I think, to, like, because mm-hmm. I know for Ooh, a he's down while, like, people, woods. like, were coming to, like, his parents' house and, like, oh. harassing them. See, and like that, I just, mm, that's weird. Like, yeah. don't go to his parents' house. They were going to his house in Rio Grande, too, that, and, like, harassing well, him. Well, okay, maybe. So that was like, kind of, like, ugh. so he, like, moved to Ventura and then, like, L.A. Okay, and that yeah. kind of area to, like, get away from it all. Um... So now new search warrants begin and they're being carried out regarding Flores's properties and belongings. And in one search of his home, several items of interest are taken, including date rape drugs and oh. home videos of Flores raping and sodomizing women. <gasps> no. So How did they not find this earlier? I don't know. And I think it was like it was at his like L.A. home. Like, OK, so it, so this would have. Wow, but so it, none of it was of smart herself. But thank it was, God. All but it was like of other women. It was a wow. Mm-hmm. So, on February eleventh, twenty twenty one, Flores gets arrested for felony possession of a firearm. Okay. Later in March of that year, Flores's father's home gets searched using cadaver dogs and ground penetrating radar. It was later concluded by prosecutors that Kristen Smart's body had at one point been buried underneath Ruben Flores's deck, <gasps> but had been moved soon before the police had searched it. Why? But they took soil samples, and there was like, when soil gets desert, like gets disturbed, like chemi- mm-hmm. certain chemicals are released. Okay. So they tested it for those chemicals and they did also find like small <gasps> evidence of human remains oh, in the soil because that kind of stuff doesn't go away mm-hmm. so what they think was is like she after he gets there. arrested for like the firearm and they're like uh-huh. searching his house again they think like paul called his dad and said hey like you need to move her body out from under the deck and he did because he a did parent would do anything for their kid and so that was also the thing of like his parents were definitely like helping they were in, in this on it. case they because, had to have been like we had the earring in the mom's house mm-hmm. we had like all this just well that's really that i mean it's convenient almost mm-hmm. that they had lived in separate places because you can split up the evidence exactly. between multiple houses wow so finally on april 13th 2021 paul and ruben flores are both taken into custody <gasps> by the san luis obispo county police department Paul gets charged with murder in the first degree while Ruben was charged as an accessory to murder. Mm-hmm. So we're like, thank God they finally yeah, get arrested. We finally have enough, enough evidence. to charge him. Like. So investigators conclude that based on Flores' history, that Paul had attempted to rape Smart before killing her. Um, however, how he got the black eye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, the statute of limitations had already expired mm-hmm. and sexual assault could not be added to those charges. So they kind of, based on like the home videos and the date rape jobs, they assumed that Flores had a kink for like women who were intoxicated and like raping them. Like couldn't fight back. Yes. That kind of limp. Mm -hmm. So that's why they think like he went after Kristen. 
Yeah, that I mean that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So the videos and stuff that they found, not the drugs, mm-hmm. but the videos that they found, I would assume those were more recent than the nineties. I don't. I didn't. I mean, look I was too far into could... those. I don't know. Like, I th- I assume they were on like VHS tapes. Okay, is what I think. So well, I don't think they were like super recent. Because my think they were thinking super old. is they could have if if they were as recent, like mm-hmm. within a different statute of limitations, they could have tacked. Those but I also on. don't think any of those women came but, forward. Yeah. So I don't think any of those women chose to actively press charges. But like it, the evidence was there that he had a history that he of had doing a, stuff like he, this. There was a pattern. There was a yes. pattern. I mean, even from even from what you said earlier during mm-hmm. high school, there was yeah. a pattern, and mm-hmm. probably even before that. I mean, yeah. Goodness. So it's it's been like ongoing, yeah. very much. So, wow. So originally, the trial was supposed to get begin on April twenty fifth, twenty twenty two, in San Luis Obispo County, but a um, but because of change of venue motion by the defense um, was like added. So that basically mm-hmm. means like, can we move this out of county somewhere else? Because and of the, the media uh, They didn't want like media attention. They also didn't want like an unfair jury. Like, yeah. Because so, anyone that was from San Luis Obispo mm-hmm. are, who knew, I mean, it's been 20 years yeah. since the case has been brought to everybody's attention. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're going to be biased about it. So the motion was made. Um, the judge mm-hmm. agreed and the trial was moved to Monterey County and was overseen by judge jennifer o'keefe with two separate juries for both paul and reuben okay so the juries will not make their decisions together they will make one verdict for paul and one verdict for reuben okay so charged separately Mm -hmm. even though the crimes were connected yes together connected yeah um and both of course pleaded not guilty of course they did Throughout the trial, um, Chris Lambert updated In Your Own Backyard with new episodes recapping the proceedings. Mm -hmm. So he was kind of, like, keeping his fans and, like, the public updated through, like, more simpler general terms of, like, Mm -hmm. what was going on, what was being said by the defense and the prosecutors. Like, just kind of, like, it was kind of, like, after the fact of, like, these are the episodes we're updating. And I remember Mm -hmm. even those are, like, super interesting to, like, hear about of, like, of all that legal nonsense mm -hmm. and so I'm like, and again, I you may not know this because mm-hmm. I don't know this, but if you plead, if you invoke the Fifth Amendment, mm-hmm. which is what, I mean, Paul had always mm-hmm. invoked the Fifth Amendment, doesn't that make you guilty? If you can't say, it, like, how could you no. plead not guilty so, if you're invoking the Fifth Amendment? I mean, Amendment? obviously, like, I, I've used to think that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they just can't go based off of that. Okay. So, so you're obviously like something. not going to say anything that will Else. criminalize yourself. And yeah. then um, it's also like, I don't even fully know how to describe it, but they can't, like if you're invoking the fifth amendment, they can't say, Oh, because you invoked the fifth amendment, then obviously you're, you're hiding something. So okay. you're guilty. So okay. they can't, yeah, they obviously, they can't point those fingers, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'm pointing that finger. I'm not a member of law enforcement. <laughs> I can point anything or I want to. Yeah. I mean, so true. <laughs> so, yeah. So the trial lasts um, three months and on October 18th, 2022, which I like remember that day of being like, oh my oh, God, the verdict comes out today. The verdict comes out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think I was like in class when the verdict came out and I was like checking my phone. I'm like, oh my God, the verdict. <laughs> Um, Paul Flores was found guilty of first degree murder. Slay. Um, Ruben Flores, however, was found not guilty of accessory oh. after the fact. Huh. Um, but he did face three years in jail while Paul faces 25 years in prison. Wow. So, okay. So his dad was found not guilty. Mm-hmm. 
even there was just not like i think his evidence was much less substantial than the evidence they had against paul so they knew like the dad was probably involved involved in some but like evidence really didn't point to him it was like paul did it Mm -hmm. you just defended him as a father yeah so which i mean as a parent you want to defend you your kids but i would also be like oh my god you killed someone like I'd you're, like, you're going um, to prison i'm the first person i'll call you a good lawyer but i'm the first person to turn you in so. exactly <laughs> after the verdicts were announced um Kristen's father addressed the press in the statement he said quote without Kristen, there is no joy or happiness in this verdict after 26 years we learned that our quest for justice for Kristen will continue so he's saying basically like well we caught the guy but this isn't like exactly mm-hmm. a happy day because we still don't know where our daughter is we, yeah and which he makes didn't sense admit it. yeah he'd so. never admitted it he never said like if he did admit he didn't say where the body was mm-hmm. like so it's like we have some justice but at the same time it's like we don't have the body yeah well and i'm sure the da offered the deal of like you tell us where mm-hmm. she is you admit to this and yeah we'll give you you know xyz but he did i mean interesting that he exactly didn't take it. they always take it in the books and the tv mm-hmm. shows <laughs> yeah so now i'm going to talk about like Kristen's legacy like mm-hmm. end off on like a happy note yeah um something a little bit later yeah so even after justice was served Kristen smart Kristen smart's legacy continues to hold strong In 1999, the California State Legislature signed into law the Kristen Smart Campus Security Act, which was passed 61-0. The law requires all public colleges and publicly funded educational institutions to have their security services make agreements with local police departments about reporting cases involving or possibly involving violence against students, including missing students. Wow. So it's almost saying, like, if something gets reported, they have to take action. They have to do something about it. And I think it's only... In California, I'm sure mm-hmm. there's other acts like similar one, like big federal one, but this one was just passed was, like, by specifically. So it was passed in California yeah. only. Um, the Smart family also began the Kristen Smart Scholarship, a scholarship for graduating high school seniors from the San Luis Obispo or San Joaquin counties who have an interest in studying or pursuing a career in architecture, criminal justice, or law enforcement or international studies so all things that kind of like relate to Kristen liked and did and And, I mean I would say like criminal justice was almost like not that taken but yeah it was like architecture like Cal Poly is a huge architecture Mm -hmm. school and like she was known for loving being abroad and so like international international studies studies. um, wow so and I know a lot of people that like you know Mm -hmm. it's a big thing at like my high school that like a lot of people would you know try and get apply for it and so um the smart family also established Kristen's point of hope a monument at pismo beach california's dinosaur caves park overlooking the ocean because she had a like huge love for the ocean Mm -hmm. there is an obelisk and a bench bench that face the beach the monument also features information about smart and her family and it includes a poem that smart herself wrote the poem goes i face into the wind it purrs and whistles its secrets in my ear under the sun, floating upon the salty waters, I cringe with excitement to be in such a heavenly place. Which I think is such like a that gorgeous, a beautiful, beautiful poem. poem. And that is the story of the murder and disappearance of Kristen Smart. Oh my goodness. Now, I think I want to like kind of put in my own just like thoughts, thoughts. about it. Because yes, give them to me. Or <laughs> us, the listeners. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, like 
it was such a happy moment I think for me and I think for a lot of women and like girls who grew up with this story so prevalent of like a guy like this is off the streets but like how many other men like that are out there Mm. and like I was saying it was a big thing when I was like picking out colleges that I was like I need a place where I feel safe Mm -hmm. and TCU has always been that place for me of like you know I rarely ever like walk around on this campus like alone or by myself and Mm -hmm. I always have like my phone on me wherever I go Mm -hmm. whatever but it's one of those places that if I had to walk on campus like alone by myself like I think I would be fine yeah and usually I don't have to do that and other times like I'll call like you know someone to drive me or something so it's mm-hmm. and there's like froggy 50 froggy 50 and mm-hmm. we have like those like blue lights blue, and blue lights so and... I've never felt unsafe on this campus yeah. but there have certainly been like campuses that I've been around and like toured that like I'm they give me just weird gross vibes mm-hmm. of like this campus is beautiful and it's not like the campus itself is like terrible or like that the school itself is bad it's just like there are certain places you go where you feel like Kristen, what happened to Kristen Smart could happen to me. Mm-hmm. And that was, like I said, that was a huge factor in picking my schools. I wanted a place where I was like, would I become Kristen Smart here? You know? Yeah. You Well, and you need to feel safe. I mean, uh, yeah. this is somewhere you're living for mm-hmm. four years. And definitely that factor, like the fact that you were so aware about that mm-hmm. is just so impactful. I think I, I try to remember like when I first heard about Kristen Smart because I mm-hmm. I was young but I wasn't like you know four years old right I think it was like probably around the time of like when I was like a tween like mm-hmm. starting to go out like hang out with my friends downtown by myself and I think mm-hmm. that's when I started hearing like my mom was telling me like oh. do you know who Kristen Smart mm-hmm. is like yeah and I had definitely seen I know by the time started getting back into like media attention a lot of her billboards were gone but there Mm -hmm. were like some that were still around so i had definitely seen her like driving by those billboards right but it wasn't like i knew who that was and it wasn't like i was paying attention to them until i had to pay attention to them you know Mm -hmm. um so that was like a big thing and what makes me really happy now is one of those billboards no longer is like missing person Kristen. it's you know please like apply for the Kristen smart scholarship wow, that's and like, beautiful which I think that's like so beautiful is like you know we still haven't found her body and I think we'll always be looking for her body mm-hmm. but now we're kind of able to take this resolution into like you know you know take this horrible take thing this and horrible thing and turn good. it into exactly yeah yeah so I think that's really beautiful and you know Cal Poly growing up there it was never something that I felt like I don't think I've ever felt scared around Cal Poly, but mm-hmm. that was the thing of, like, growing up. Like, you drive around Cal Poly all the time, and you walk around Cal Poly all the time. Mm-hmm. It was, like, it was always funny of, like, for school tri- field trips, we would walk to, like, they have cow farms and, like, go see all their <laughs> cows. Like, that was just the thing. So it was, like, it was never, like, I felt unsafe there, but there were definitely places like that that I mm-hmm. was, like, okay, like, I could see, like myself getting hurt here yeah. and i could see myself getting taken so have to walk around with your keys in mm-hmm. the wolverine position yeah. and all that kind of and stuff. i'm so grateful now that we have things like uber mm-hmm. and like you can call like 911 by like clicking i think it's like your power some button like a bunch of times yeah. and it'll just like automatically dial 911 like it's just like you know today like there's so many precautions and i almost like thank Chris- people like Kristen smart for that mm-hmm. of like she's the reason why people are concerned i mean obviously as women like we're not safe all the time but we're much more safe than we used to be 
Yes. And I think that advance, I mean, advancements in technology for Mm -hmm. sure. And, you know, that kind of warning of, Mm -hmm. oh, don't be like X, Y, Z. I mean, whether it's Kristen Smart or whether it's, you know, the girl Mm -hmm. down the road who something happened to or kind of whatever that, hey, you know, everyone is so aware no. And it was definitely, like, my shift of, like, Cal, like my perspective on Cal Poly changed when I heard about her because it yeah. used to be, like, oh, that's where my dad went to college and that's where, like, a lot of my mm-hmm. friends from, like, high school, like, go to college. And, like, my dad did live in, like, Poly Hill, like, Ooh. one of his years of school. He, I don't think he lived in, like, any of the specific dorms or anything, mm-hmm. but, like, he definitely, like, lived. So that was my thing. of like, oh, my dad used to live there. And then now I'm starting to see it, like, that's where Kristen Smart that's disappeared. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like that kind of association mm-hmm. the association change it. and becomes so unfortunate but mm-hmm. so like needed and so prevalent so I think that's just kind of my take on it all of like I'm so sad that this happened and my heart goes out to the smart family absolutely but I'm also like I'm so glad that they've taken this and like turned it into like helping women like right. they, going forward they could have just as easily just kind of they could have been so spiteful they could have been so spiteful and, and yeah you know just kind of been wrapped up in their own mm-hmm. lives and their own and to anyone and listening i really recommend going to kristensmart.org that's where like the scholarship mm-hmm. is but it also has like pictures of like Kristen growing up and like her family like has like it tells you the exact location of like where her point of hope is and like where you can drive to it's like this beautiful like little like piece of her that's like still exists and it's there and like I really recommend to anyone like listening if you want to go look it up later like absolutely it's just like it's it's so gorgeous and so beautiful but so yeah that's that's the story and what did you think you know overall overall i mean again exactly like you said my heart just absolutely will always Mm -hmm. go out to the smart family and anyone that was anybody that knew her anybody that you know even the girls that left her Mm -hmm. and all of that um but it it's one thing and i mentioned like oh Mm -hmm. that's not how it goes in the movies like it's always such a kind of jarring thing like things like this happen and have happened Mm -hmm. and probably will continue to happen and that's just kind of a odd thought to have. Mm-hmm. But now, especially that people like the Smart Family are turning this awful thing into something good. And so I think mm-hmm. that stance is really just going to help mm-hmm. going forward. I agree. Um, but I was like, Paul Flores, just <laughs> thinking about it, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that that pattern of behavior has been around like documented since mm-hmm. high school like that's just mm. it's so like terrible and unfortunate that's just awful but i thank you so much for being here do you have any final questions or comments you want to add um, i don't let me hmm. i don't uh, i just mm. i think it's, just don't be like Kristen smart yeah and, like, take the story like as a warning that like for sure that bad things will happen if you do make sure you know life 360 find my phone mm -hmm. like make sure somebody knows where you are you know i mean don't let what happened to her happen to you but yeah i mean no for real like take whoever you see a girl in the bushes be like hey you gotta let me get your ride home yeah exactly let's go home baby that's Mm -hmm. but that's just that's absolutely 
that's just wild to think about mm-hmm. that like this one memorial day weekend mm-hmm. changed, everybody's changed everyone's lives, lives. just yeah. forever but wow. yeah i thank you so much for being here thank you um, for having me you are so officially fun. part of the club of club Ooh. crime um and please everyone listening join us next week for another true crime story when we have another special guest joining us for another surprise story and this has been club crime <laughs>